everyone it's emma here before we deep dive into this week's episode i just want to share a quick announcement to let you know that my transform your life in 30 days program is now available at a discounted price of 88.88 normally retails at 197 but i have put a discount out there for you for a limited time for just 88.88 now inside this training you have 30 days of success habits video training and workbook these will guide you through subtle, small tweaks that you can make in your daily habits that will help you to create massive breakthroughs in your life and in your business. You can work through the journaling prompts, the, the workbook to really allow yourself to get super clear on what it is, allow yourself to build that awareness around you, your patterns, your thought patterns, and the habits that you are currently um showing up with that perhaps aren't serving you in the way that you want to and then how you can create change now quite often we think change is is big scary and dramatic but the reality is true change comes from creating subtle small tweaks that you consistently do every day that lead on to create big massive breakthroughs in your life and your business i've also included my become unstoppable meditation series to really help you to program your mind from the inside out included in this series there is the become unstoppable unstoppable goal setting trust and confidence meditation release and let go meditation i am enough meditation and a release the fear i've also added 10 bonus happiness habits that I would love for you to start putting into your day-to-day -day life, your in, into your routines as soon as you can. Too often, we think happiness is something that we will feel once we've achieved certain things. And we, we will often say, oh, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I get this promotion. I'll be happy when I make this money. I'll be happy when I find this love. But the reality is happiness is part of the journey. It is not a destination. And when you're feeling happy within yourself, you show up in a totally different mindset, in a totally different energetic vibration, and you go on and achieve amazing things. So I've added this bonus in there because I know that it will really be able to help you to really feel happy and fulfilled and at ease with life and allow you to go on and make these shifts in a far more productive way. I've also offered a VIP upgrade, and this is something that I normally do with my private clients, but I've been testing this out with a few people on some of my other programs and the feedback has been incredible. And so the VIP option allows you to have one-to-one -one coaching support with me via Voxer for four weeks. So throughout the, the 30 days that you are working on the on the bundle, you will have me on speed dial to help and support you to answer any questions, to do daily check-ins, to have that sanity check when you're perhaps experiencing shifts or being challenged into new ways of thinking or new ways of showing up. I will be um, there to support you so you can start to make these tweaks and adapt them to your life and start to apply them to your goals and your desires. Too often we know what we need to do, but we struggle to apply it to our lives. And so I'm going to be there to help to support you and direct you on how to apply it to your life, how to implement it and allow yourself to create massive, massive shifts. So you have access to this VIP up, upgrade for just £333 all in. So that includes the program and the one-to-one -one support for four weeks. This is an incredible accountability tool. It will help you to uh, stay accountable, to stay um, 
connected and locked into this program and allow you to really go on and make the shifts that you need to make in order for you to to create, redesign your future and live the life that you were born to live. So all the information is in the show notes below. Click the links and I look forward to seeing you there. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who've achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support, and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Akila Brown, who is a mindset coach working with female entrepreneurs, helping them to move from feeling like an imposter in their business to living within their genius. Now, normally I write a little intro, but Akila has made it like created a really, really awesome intro. So I don't want to change it because it sets the scene so perfectly for um, our call today. So I'm just going to read it as she's written it. So the first time that she can remember doubting her abilities was when she was nine or 10, studying for her 11 plus. Feeling immense pressure to get everything right, she practiced religiously for about a year until the big day and she took the test. Passing with flying colors, she was really looking forward to going to the grammar school. However, the school that she got into wasn't local and her parents didn't want her to travel as that far on her own as she would be required to go through areas that were notoriously racist at the time. All that studying and sacrifice was for nothing. She was gutted and from that moment learned that no matter how hard she worked, deep down, she would never be good enough to actually get what she wants. She didn't make the connection between the color of her skin and feelings of inadequacy until she was much older. Having self-doubt was a weird one for her because she was very gifted and talented at school, extremely athletic and competitive. She didn't seem to doubt herself in those areas. However, when she was required to be her in terms of expressing herself, voicing her opinion, making important decisions, she always doubted herself. When she first started her business, she found the self-doubt expanded rather than contracted and her business acted as a mirror for her deeply rooted beliefs. I can so relate to that one. Um, (laughs) Self-doubt and imposter syndrome have always been a part of her life, but over the years she has learned to recognize it and now now knows the strategies to implement. And in fact, now uses them as a superpower because knowing um, how they can impact her in a positive way. And again, I really, really love that because even though we're talking about self-doubt and we're often speaking about the negative impacts that we have there's actually a lot of positive impacts in that so I really wanted to read your intro because it was just really really perfect for setting the scene for today um and I'm super super excited to have you so welcome <laughs> thank you so much Emma that introduction it sounded so impactful hearing it from your voice as well you know because that's, yeah. that's what's in my head so hearing it back yeah. from you was yeah, really yeah. impactful awesome so, awesome well as a fellow mindset coach I'm super super excited because me and you share the same passions in a lot of things yeah um, and so I'm excited to get your view from that side of things but I also 
Really want to touch on two main points that kind of came through on the uh, on your introduction that you sent over. Okay. And that was very much linked around the fact that obviously your, your self-doubt really stemmed from, you know, working really hard, sacrificing a lot, um, but not getting into the grammar school that you wanted to or that you would deserve to be in because you were, um, your parents were worried about you having to travel through notoriously racist areas. Yeah. Um, and also you then went on to say that you didn't make the connection of um, your feelings of being inadequate mm-hmm. uh, with the color of your skin until you were much older. Yeah. And so I'd love to like dive into that a little bit more and just really find out in your own words, what, what that all means to you and the impact that really then had on you throughout your life and today mm-hmm. and how you managed to work through that. Cause I know that you do amazing things with um, women of color uh, women in business. So I'm really, really excited to expand on that. Absolutely. Thank you. So, I mean, the first time I was introduced to personal development was when I had my youngest son, who's 11 now. So this is about 11 years ago. Um, and I remember going back to my old secondary school mm-hmm. and I, I went to go and collect certificates, you know, like a few, 10 years later. Yeah. Um, I went to go back and I spoke to my head teacher who was still there. Mm-hmm. And he started to remind me about the type of girl I was when I was at school, how creative I was, how gifted and talented I was. And he asked me the question, are you happy? And for the first time in ages, I actually felt as though he waited for the answer and he really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And my initial response was like, yeah, of course I am. And he was like, well, are you sure? Yeah. And he started to, to literally just give me different coaching questions and pull things out of me. And the more he asked me questions was the more I realized that actually no, I wasn't happy. I hadn't been happy for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And not only wasn't I happy in my relationship at that time, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't happy with my career and where mm-hmm. I'd been. That was the start of my personal development journey. And for so many people, you know, that when you start personal development, a lot of the time you go backwards before you go forwards. Yeah, yeah. So I started to look back into who I used to be when I was a girl, who did he know me, know me as? And yeah. yes, I was gifted, yes, I was talented, but that little girl held a lot of things back away from the world. Mm-hmm. She wore a mask all the time that mm-hmm. she put on, pretending that everything was okay. The reason why I worked so hard was because, well, if I work hard, then no one will question anything. If I show my gifts, my talents, no one will ever question anything because, you know, I don't really want you to talk to me and ask me how I am deep down. So I wore that continuous mask. Mm. It wasn't until I would say I was about 30 years old where I actually made that connection of the grammar school experience and how mm. I lived my life up until 30 years old. Mm. when I was about nine years nine years old and I was studying for this grammar exam you know my parents they pushed me and they pushed me and they pushed me we lived in an inner city area which was quite deprived at the time in the 90s and their whole ethos was if you work hard and you achieve this you can achieve something different in your life Mm. Mm. I, I trained forever for this 11 plus And I remember going to the exam and thinking I did really well, answered all of the questions. And I actually came out with a huge mark. I'm sure it was over 90%. It was an amazing mark for someone so young. I got the letter through the door to say, well, you can go to grammar school. And then when we looked down and we saw the grammar school, it was actually my dad that said, no, I'm sorry, you can't go. 
Right. And I'm like, well, I've been training for this for the past for the past year or two. Why can I not go? And he said, well, the area that you have to travel to requires you to go through notoriously dangerous racist areas. Mm. And as a 10, 11 year old girl, I'm not allowing you mm. to do that. Mm. And I went to the local school up the road. How did you feel at that time? At that time, I felt really disappointed. And I felt, well, what was the point then? Yeah. Yeah. What was the point? You know, I felt let down a little bit as well because why did why did you make me work so hard if it was never an option? You know, I felt as though life was unfair. And this is speaking through the eyes of a 10 or 11 year old at the time, that life was unfair. I felt as though I started to ask questions. Is there something wrong with me? Why couldn't I be trusted to go through those, to, yeah. to travel to school on my own? Tons of girls travel to school. Why couldn't I be trusted to travel to school on my own? Mm. And did you make, even though he made the reference of them being notoriously racist, did you make the association of the colour of your skin at that point of him then saying it? And also had that been an issue ever before or was that your first experience of? Um, I lived in an area where there were only black and Asian people mm. growing up and going to primary school. There wasn't any white people in my school. Yeah. And the only interactions I'd actually had with people who were white were either teaching staff at school mm -hmm. or a couple of bullies that I encountered on the road as a young child. Wow. So I've always been aware of the color of my skin. Right. I've always been aware of the differences between white people and people of color. Mm. And so I've always been aware of that. Mm. But being told I can't do something because I might get attacked because of the color of my skin, that's when almost a fear started kicking in of, okay, well, if I wasn't black, then that wouldn't have been an issue for me. Mm. Mm. Which is hard to digest at any, any period mm. of, of your life. But at nine or 10, you know, having worked and put everything in which shows real dedication, real like, you know, um, persistence and whatever, that you mm -hmm. gave it your all. Like you said, you know, you sacrificed it and it was for nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that must have been a, a hard pill to swallow. Mm, it was. It yeah. was, you know, because I started to learn, well, why do so much then? Well, yeah. Why dedicate years and years to something? Uh, yes, I'm gifted and I'm talented. For those things, I'd work hard because mm. I'd to do them. Mm. But everything else that came a bit more difficult to me wasn't naturally in my talent. Mm. No, why should I? Because I've, it's been proven that whenever I did, mm. on that one occasion, I still wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so like you said that you still, when you were gifted and talented, would still work hard. Yeah. How did your life change in that moment moving forward from a self-doubt and confidence point of view but also from like an attitude point of view as well i remember looking back on my school reports and on every single report it said akila will do amazingly well if she lives up to her potential right she it's will do if she lives up to her potential absolutely and I've always said to my clients that the worst thing that could be on my gravestone was if she lives up to her potential yeah. because I worry all the way through my life. Yeah. And so my attitude shifted. It was, okay, I will work hard for things that I love. Sports, expressive arts, you know, just a little bit of drama, those kind of things. I love them. English, I will work hard. Mm. 
the things which came more difficult to me, maths, science, anything that was more difficult, I just resided to not even trying. Yeah. I thought, well, what's the point? What's the point in trying hard if I'm still not going to be good enough? Yeah. And at this point, it's almost like a, a little seed was buried. You know, I'm not going to be good enough. So mm. what is the point? Yeah. And that feeling made me doubt everything that I did. But you would never have known because I wore a mask that said everything is fine. Mm. But deep down, it's, well, what is the point? Because I will never be good enough. Mm. And that feeling followed me through school, through college, into university, and even into parenthood when I had my first son. Yeah. yeah. You know? And what self-doubt does is that self-doubt doesn't necessarily show up as, oh my gosh, I need all of the help in the world. What it does show up as, though, is that I won't take that risk because I don't feel good enough. Yeah. It shows up as I won't try so hard there because I'm never going to achieve what I want to anyway. Mm. And then it started to manifest for me into, I won't say whatever I want to say because whatever comes out of my mouth isn't good enough either. Wow. So there were so many different parts of my life that self-doubt starting to infiltrate all from that one experience. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's so, so powerful because, you know, I do hypnotherapy and I know like the first seven to eight years are so influential um, for children. And then obviously continuing to be um, beyond that, but they're at like absolute sponges at that point. Um, But it, like you said, quite rightly, is it's a little seed. And the thing is, you know, we can have loads of little seeds, but we just don't water them. And so they never really flourish. But when you have got this seed and then there's lots of other um, situations or um, comments or something that then reinforce it, you just continue to water it and then it just becomes a part of you. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, through school, through university and into parenthood. Um, and you started by talking, by saying that the start of your self-development was when your um, previous head teacher had asked you if you were happy. Was that the turning point then for, cause you've just said you've taken it up to when you then first had your son. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that the, the time when you were like, well, actually, no. I was, I'm not and actually there's a lot of people that aren't and when you ask people are they happy there's an automatic yeah yeah I'm good yeah. And, then, and I love the fact that your teacher went yeah but are you really are you really uh, well I don't know no <laughs> really? yeah. well when I had my first son I was 20 when I had my first son so the meeting with my head teacher happened at 27 when I had my first son so throughout those years of my 20s there's a lot of years I actually can't remember as I was just in I was just going with everybody else's flow I didn't trust myself I didn't believe that I could achieve what I wanted to so I just existed the turning point was definitely in that meeting with my head teacher at 27 years old you know he he completely changed my life Mm. and it was definitely alignment it was definitely the universe giving me a sign because he retired that year i went to go into the school at the beginning of july and he retired mid-july wow so that meeting with him was needed in my life and it completely changed the direction that my life was heading in yeah so so how how did that change you i mean Mm -hmm. obviously i know you've said that you you look backwards and you then started to recognize that it stemmed from mm-hmm. uh, this grammar school incident. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then knowing all of that information yeah how were you then able to make the changes because quite often people know why they are doubting themselves or have an idea of yeah um probably from the lesser examples rather than the core root Absolutely. i think when you can get to the core root then you know happy days because that's where you can really like work on true change mm -hmm. but quite often they they can see little patterns occurring mm -hmm. um, and so they're aware of it but how do you then take all of that information and then start to to apply it to yourself okay it wasn't instant at no, all. No. <laughs> it was an instant it was a very long process and you're right when you know the information it's there it's like okay well what do i do next i know all of this but what do i do mm. the first thing that came up for me was actually my career mm. i jumped around from job to job to job throughout the whole of my 20s and even into my 30s after that meeting for him from him or with him shall i say I decided to make a change and I asked myself the question, well, what is it that I actually want? Mm. Without the fear, without the pressure of, well, it has to be right, it has to be perfect. No, what mm. is it that I actually want? Mm. So I changed my career. That was the first step. I started to work with young people. I mm. came out of administration, started to work with young people. Then I started to ask myself questions around the fact of me not speaking up, not using my own voice. What is it that I wasn't trusting about myself? What was it that I wasn't trusting about my voice? And I had to learn to start exercising that. Mm. No became my favorite words because I was a yes person to everything. Mm -hmm. The emotions that I felt in situations I was in, I had to learn to communicate, to communicate them. Mm. Because for a very long time, you know, wearing that mask, men, I didn't communicate any negative emotions or any heavy emotions that I was feeling but I also didn't communicate when I was happy either I was mm. just feeling numb yeah yeah you know so I had to learn to communicate things that I didn't like things that I loved I had to learn how to have happiness in my life as well because there was a part of me that believed I didn't deserve it I want to stop you there and, and touch on that because there's a lot of people that really struggle to allow happiness in their lives because they don't feel they deserve it Mm -hmm. Can you dive, and you might have been, so apologies if I've just jumped in, but can you dive into what you did to help you to do that? Mm -hmm. Self-love, mm. self-love, self-acceptance, self-compassion are some of the biggest things that I had to deal with. The number one thing that I didn't even realise that I was doing all of the time was actually judging myself. Yeah. Judging myself for allowing things to happen when you're in situations where bad things happen to you, mm. it can feel almost as though you continuously punish yourself by judging yourself over and over again. Mm -hmm. And for me, self-love was the antidote to that. You know, compassion was the antidote. Yeah. Acceptance was the antidote. I had to learn how to accept myself. I incorporated journaling into my life. Mm -hmm. I was able to write letters or journal entries to the younger me, you know, letting her know that what you did then was the best that you could have done. If you knew more, you would have done more. Mm, mm. You know, I had to learn how to spend time with myself. So that included doing things that I loved, doing hobbies that I loved, um, including exercise, fitness, eating better, just doing things that allowed me to grow as a woman and grow as a person. Mm -hmm. It also meant leaving relationships that no longer serve me. Romantic relationships, friendships, you know, yeah. staying away from people that didn't no longer served me or my future anymore. 
And I also went to counseling. Um, I had CBT, solution focused therapy, and I got coaches as well, which helped me to unravel some of the stories, some of the beliefs that I had about myself and what was possible for me. Mm. Using them as, you know, they were amazing tools and helped me to get from who I used to be into who I am now. Love that. Love that. And they're all, you know, they are all so powerful. And that's the thing is it all starts with us. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there are simple things that we can do to create the change quite, quite easily because it starts mm -hmm. with us. But I think sometimes that goes against people because it starts with us. Therefore, we are solely responsible Absolutely. and people then struggle. Um, you know, what um, did you experience much resistance having you know, for years suppressed speaking your truth. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned, you know, that your self-doubt wasn't necessarily ever linked with your ability on stuff, but it was linked on your self-expression. Mm -hmm. um, so was there resistance that came through on that? And also how then did you navigate through that? Because it's the resistance part that I find people then just go, oh no, 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 and retreat back. Whereas, you know, it's always going to be the most resistant that in the first few, few weeks, maybe months, depending on how ingrained it is, on anything new, whether you start a new job or a new relationship, well, not a new relationship because we're in your honeymoon period then, but anything <laughs> new, it takes the time of adjustment. Mm -hmm. But there seems to be this still this thing with, oh, well, we don't give ourselves time for adjustment and we almost judge us or go, oh, no, I can't be bothered, this is too hard and let's retreat back. Absolutely. I've had so much resistance and exactly what you said, you know, I'll take a step forward and then two steps back. Yeah. Step forward. Oh, this feels great. Then something happens and I'll take two steps back. Mm. And that happened over years, you know, continuously doing it. And I think it's because I was way too hard on myself. Mm. I thought, well, if I start this personal development work now, you know, something should happen within the next two weeks. Something should happen within the next three weeks. Mm. And that's it. And I feel that when we're trying to make a change into our lives, we can get mistaken with that quote, you know, it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. And mm. I say it really, really doesn't. It takes longer than that. Because not only do you have to break the habit in your mind, but you also have to break the habit in your body as well. Yeah. You know, you have to embody the changes. So the resistance that I experienced was, well, this, this is too much. You know, I'm breaking my family up right now. This is, I'm, I might as well stay with them because it's way more comfortable. Stay mm. with my friends that I grew up with. At least they understand me, you know? So it was, it was very, very difficult. Mm. But the one thing that kept me going was the vision of who I knew I could be. And I kept referring back to that conversation with my head teacher, where he told me about who I used to be and, you know, what am I doing with all of that? Mm. And I knew that if I could take some of that and pull it into my future, the results would be amazing. So I started to visualize on that all of the time. You know, who am I? Who do I want to be? What would the future version of me be doing right now? Mm. Would she be in this relationship? No, she'd be surrounded with people who made her feel healthy and happy. Yeah. Who do my children need me to be? You know, do they need a mom who's always unhappy because she isn't living her potential? Or do they need a mum that despite what she goes through, she may fall down seven times, but she stands up eight? You know, and what about other women in the community as well? Other women who have grown up in similar situations as me have been told similar things as what I have. 
What do they need to see? And that's what I started to live into. And I feel as though I've got a responsibility to live into that vision and that version of myself. I love that. I love that. And all of those things are so, so powerful. And the truth is, you know, that younger version of you was always there. It's always been there. We've, we've got our limitless person yeah. in us right now. It's just often bloody buried under a load of shit that we're carrying around with us and we've forgotten to think and act like that person Mm -hmm. and there is nothing more powerful than visualizations and daydreams and all of that because your mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not and so just allowing yourself to remind yourself even going back to some of those wow moments that you've had in your life Mm -hmm. allow you to reconnect to who you once were and who then can be because it's there and that connection starts to reconnect and even if it's really small that connection's still been ignited and then you can then start to build on that because you remembered Mm -hmm. that it's within you Mm -hmm. and if if you've done it once you can do it again absolutely that's so powerful you know when you mentioned the well moments Mm. remembering those and visualizing those is a very powerful experience because as you said if you've done it once you've done it twice that means you can do it again Mm. and for so many women that I work with you know they disassociate with the younger them things Mm. may happen where they disassociate from her but there are so many wonderful moments and so many nuggets of inspiration and wisdom that actually come from the younger you you can marry the two between you know who you used to be and those nuggets yeah the person that you're growing into you know it creates a magic for you it does it does, it does. i think you know there, there is a lot of disassociation for as a form of protection absolutely um, you know i've disassociated a lot of the real deep trauma stuff um mm-hmm. in my life um i still have an association with it but it's some aspects I, I am just, which was not a conscious thing. It's just, that's what uh, your subconscious does to protect you. Um, and that's why, you know, some people don't remember certain parts of um, their life. But again, with anything, there's always l- l- lessons to be learned and things that you can draw from in, in every experience. And you might not necessarily know it at the time, mm-hmm. but it's going to have taught you something that your future self will benefit from. Um, and, you know whether that's just massive inner strength and resilience or you know whatever but there is something there that we can always learn from mm-hmm. um, and it's to not be afraid not to use your past but also not to be afraid to take aspects of your past and allow it to really kind of push you in into the future absolutely and you know i'm the same i've disassociated i've disassociated from myself yeah times and as you said a lot of it isn't conscious it's not as though i thought i'll just throw her away throw her in yeah but you know there's been certain things that i just haven't wanted to associate with because of things that have also happened to me as well and especially when i was wearing that mask it's well like that doesn't exist anymore that was over there that doesn't impact me stay over there but what I didn't realize was that by stepping away from some of those bits, I wasn't able to fully experience life either. No. You know? And so there is an importance with acknowledging certain things. There's some things that you probably won't ever be able to. And I know there's certain things that I do not want to bring back up. 
Mm. There's an association that I needed to have with that with that younger girl. There's an association I needed to have with that younger woman. You know, some of it included forgiveness. Some of it included letting go of the judgment, just so that I can mm. experience a life that is more full for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, forgiveness is just uh, such a powerful um, technique on so many levels um and i think you know every single one of us will benefit from forms of forgiveness even if that you know i i also think you know we've all gone through something traumatic because trauma is about something affecting on an emotional level yeah. it hasn't got to be a massive you know event mm -hmm. um but if something has impacted you on an emotional level that's caused a traumatic feeling or rea reaction then you know forgiveness is is so powerful because it allows you to reconnect to your younger self but not to be um associated with the raw emotions of that absolutely and, you know we want to be whole whole humans and and part of you know the things that i really work with with my clients and certainly on myself is to to embrace your wholeness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know flaws and all and all of that sort of stuff but you don't have to then have a direct relationship with the rawness of those emotions. Oh. You can look back at them and be disassociated to that, but still associated to the person that went through that, if that makes sense. It, does. it helps you do that, doesn't it? It does. It really does. And, you know, that's such a powerful thing to be able to do, to be able to disassociate yourself, but also associate yourself at the same time. Yeah. And the forgiveness is something that you can then take forward into your business. You know, if you're suffering with self-doubt or imposter syndrome, sometimes there's a tendency to get everything right. So if you make a mistake, it's like, well, I'm not good enough. Mm. Well, what happens if you apply forgiveness to that situation, forgiveness to yourself, you know? Yeah, definitely. So when did the mask start to lift for you and you started to then embrace the, the full whole you? Oh, well, so I would say this was about seven years ago seven or eight years ago um and i wanted to become a coach and start working with people more and more and more i dabbled in it a little bit before that but i wanted to work more and more with them um all of the clients that i started to come across they were all women mm -hmm. they all wanted to achieve something more in their life but they all kept getting stuck you know i'm not really being me I can't really be me. If I could be me, this is what I could do, but I'm not really being who I am. And I kept attracting tons of clients like this. I very rarely attracted the clients who were empowered but wanted and wanted to make a change. Mm. It always seemed to be the clients that were quite stuck in being someone else, not being who they were. Mm. Now as a coach, you know that a lot of the times you tend to attract what you are. Yeah. Or an aspect of you that probably isn't healed or you're not paying attention to. Yeah. So that's when I started to look at myself a little bit more. Well, where am I still not being who I know that I could be? Mm. Where am I still not being the person that I know that I wanted to be? And so the mask started to lift a little. Then when, um, i say about four or five years ago, I found some lumps in my throat. You know, I'd had a cold and I'd been working hard. So I just thought that I was a little bit run down, a little bit burnt out. And I went to the doctors. And they said that I'd been diagnosed with something called sarcoidosis, which is an autoimmune disease where your organs can grow like little lumps on them. And a lot of people get in their heart and their brain. But for me, it was actually in my throat. Mm. 
No. Oh, I started to panic. I'm thinking, what is this? Why have I got this? And no one could give me any answers. Mm. So I turned to holistic therapy. I turned to spiritualists who were giving me answers about how the mind, body, and soul are connected. And every single person came back and said to me, somewhere along the line, you're not expressing yourself. You're still hiding behind a mask. And if you, there's anything wrong with your throat, there's a huge chance that you're still hiding. You're not expressing who you really are. Mm, that was a huge turning point for me because I believed that I was still expressing myself. You know, I believed that I was still making changes, but I still had this, this thing in my throat. So I had to relearn how to be another level of me. I learned that the mask was still there, but I needed to remove it and be me. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't being the authentic version of Akila. I was still being someone else. Yeah. Hidden beneath all of the labels and everything else that society had put onto me and I had willingly accepted. You yeah. know, black woman, a single mom. I've got three boys. I come from an inner, inner city area. I had all of these things still on me, but I was still mm. functioning. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a, like a, I mean, it is, it's a game changer knowing that as well, isn't it? That, mm. that obviously what we think impacts our physical being. Yeah. Um, so much, and we don't necessarily make that association. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that it was that sign for you to like really speak your truth. And, really? and has that helped your throat? It has. So I've been going back and forward for scans. The, the lumps, they haven't grown. The swelling oh. has actually gone down on the outside. They don't bother me as much anymore. Um, all of the other symptoms associated with this have also gone as well. And so now I just have a huge commitment to actually standing in my power as to who I am, regardless mm -hmm. of the self-doubt, regardless of feeling like an imposter sometimes, and still speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. You know, for a very long time, I let self-doubt and imposter syndrome tell me that I wasn't perfect enough, that I wasn't good enough. And I've had to learn to embrace it. Mm. You know, if I don't feel comfortable in this situation, if I feel like an imposter, is it because I'm on the edge of my own growth? Yes, yes when i don't feel as though i belong here is it because i'm not giving my authentic self or do i just really not belong here mm, mm. you know if i feel like an imposter when i'm about to speak on stage sometimes it's normal to feel you know to feel overwhelmed especially when you're doing something new yeah for me a reminder in order to be my authentic self and bring my gifts to the world yeah i love that I love that. And like you say, you know, often when we have the, the imposter syndrome of not being good enough or feeling a fraud or, you know, whatever it may be, it is because we're right on the edge of that growth and mm -hmm. we're about to do something new because when we're familiar with it, we don't really question ourselves. That's why we it's called a comfort zone and that's why we often stay in it because it's, you know, might not be great, but it's, it's easy and you don't have to think about it much and, you know, you can get about, go about your day and not really have to consciously make too much effort yeah. um, but then obviously when you do make that effort and you do push yourself mm -hmm. um it, it is going to push back on you because it's mm -hmm. new mm -hmm. um but the the good thing is it's showing you that you're moving forward and then you use all the tools and the strategies that you know that you've mentioned the visualizations the, mm -hmm. the meditations the journaling parts and all of that and really kind of work through that Mm -hmm. 
to come through it and all the inner strength from your younger self Mm -hmm. it's still really great to bring in that association because there's a lot of strength that comes from our upbringing we just don't realize it and and use it in a more positive way Mm -hmm. um you know you meant you mentioned a lot of the women that you were attracting were mirroring you yeah you then went on to say obviously that you then had this diagnosis about um this autoimmune system uh, disease mm-hmm. in your throat as your mask was lifting mm-hmm. with the types of people you were attracting into your life not just in business but in life full stop changing too absolutely absolutely my whole life has changed mm. you know the clients that i now attract they're different there may be certain elements of their business that they're stuck in, but they know they want to use their voice and their questions are rather, instead of, okay, well, am I really good enough? It's mm. like, how can I make this good enough? Yeah. Or how can I express myself more? So the women that I work with are, they're amazing, amazing women, mm-hmm. they're empowered. Yes, they still have self-doubt. Yes, they still have imposter syndrome, but they're also aware it helps them to grow at the same time. Mm. My relationships with other people have also leveled up to the people I'm now interacting with. I'm surrounded by some amazing people. And if you had told me a few years ago, well, the people you're attracting and, you know, they just marry you. I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, yeah. But since changing myself and working on myself, you know, you see different things in other people as well. And you get new people that are attracted to that part of you too. Mm. And I think the biggest thing for me is seeing the difference in my children. Mm. Now I've got three boys and they're rating 15 and 11. And their manner, their, their confidence, the way that they are, you know, they're starting to reflect who I am. Mm. When they were younger, they were more shy, you know, and they, they reflected who I was at that point. Mm. And now they, they believe that anything can be possible. You know, they've got huge dreams, huge visions. And I really do believe that as a parent, what you're going through, it is reflected back in your children as well. You know, your children will reflect that back to you. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. Um, which is scary sometimes because we can't always get it right, but it, it, it is. It's like often people say, oh, I don't know um, what areas of my life um, are, you know, that I need to focus on or, you know, this, that and the other, or everything about me is really cool. And I'll go, well, look, just look around you mm-hmm. because your life is a reflection reflection of what's going on inside. And yeah. so if you're, um, you know, your relationship with money is pretty scarce mm-hmm. and you're like, you've got bills and you've got this, that and the other in a, a feast and famine situ or whatever, it's because something internally is, is generating that. Mm-hmm. equally you know with relationships toxic relationships it's because something internally is saying I don't deserve anything better or mm-hmm. I'm not lovable or you know and this is all I deserve or mm-hmm. you know I, I should be punished I don't know whatever it may be but there's some trigger that's going on that allows you to keep attracting the assholes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until you circuit break that yeah then and, and work on that part the external is not going to change. No, it won't. It won't because you'll just keep attracting that. You'll keep putting yourself in situations where you attract those people, attract those types of situations. If you have, you know, your story on your inside is telling you, well, I'm not worthy of having money. Mm. And when money comes in, it might feel as though it's just slipping through your fingers. 
Mm. Or there might be a block on actually receiving money if you don't believe that you're worthy enough. So that could be reflected in how much you charge for your services, in how you retain clients if you work in a service-based business. If there's so many ways that the stories that you tell yourself are reflected in different areas of your life, it's crazy. And it's not until we sit down and become aware of those stories that we can actually start to do something about them. No. Totally. Uh, but this is the thing is there's so much free information around us and people yeah. go, oh, I don't know what to do or I don't know why things are hard or, you know, what do I keep doing wrong? It's there right in front of you, but you're just not asking the questions or not seeing the signs. And mm -hmm. it'd be like, oh, you know, I keep trying it and like, this keeps happening and then that keeps happening. Well, what are you doing different? Well, I'm not doing anything different. Or, you know, how are you feeling at the time? Well, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'll put that program out, but in my mind, I'm thinking, what's the bloody point? Because no one will buy it. Well, then that's not going to be a successful program if internally you're saying it's not going to work. Like, oh, you know, I'll, um, I want to find love, but I don't feel worthy of it or whatever. Well, then you can go to, on every dating app. But if you're then constantly saying you're not worthy of it, then you're not going to find the love. I want to make more money, but but I'm not working hard enough or I don't deserve it or, you know, money is the root of all evil. Well, then you're not going to make the money that, you know, <laughs> it's all of those things, but we, we store the answers, mm -hmm. but quite often we don't know how to access the answers, which is why, you know, visualizations, journaling, all of that stuff is amazing. But what's also incredibly amazing is getting external help to, to, challenge you on some things because it's very easy to say I can't be bothered I haven't got time but if you've if you've got someone sat there opposite you asking you a question yeah you're less likely to say I can't be bothered to answer you I haven't got time for this yeah. they will you will even if it's just you know to please them or I'll just, I'll just do this <laughs> to please them and then something comes out and you're like hmm and thought of that <laughs> you know it's I mean? true I've coaches mentors you know they are amazing and I have three myself and I keep yeah. rotating with my coaches and mentors because of that very reason you know and I'm a mindset coach so there's certain strategies that I know how to do and I do religiously however I still have blind spots I'm still a human being yeah. but I still need that person on the outside of me well to be like well you just said this is that what you really mean mm. You know, how, how are you looking at this, which is disempowering for you right now? The things that you said you were going to do, because life happens, the things you said that you were going to do, have you done them yet? You know, that we need accountability. We need people to question our thinking because when your thoughts are in your mind, they make the most sense. They sound mm -hmm. absolutely amazing until someone repeats them back to you. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, that was, that was really good. <laughs> well, that didn't make any sense. Yeah. But, you know, we need that. There's, there's yeah. only so much journaling, meditation and visualization you can do. And those are amazing tools. They really, really are. But I really believe in the power of having someone external to you mm. ask you questions that you haven't thought of yet. Mm. You know, repeat certain things back to you. Self-doubt will always creep into our lives. It still creeps into mine now. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing something new. Mm. You know? So to have someone there who can actually ask you questions about that self-doubt and move you away from that funk, is you know that's so so powerful and we, we need more people like that we do and it's also an opportunity for you to ask them questions as, as well and to feel yeah. supported i think you know 
Um, when, we get, when people are going through self-doubt at various different levels in different areas of their lives, whatever it may be, there's an element of loneliness and feeling misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And often we can't, can't or choose not to express how we're feeling mm-hmm. because we don't want to be seen as silly or sensitive or you know this, that and the other. And so we keep a lot of it inside, like you said, which then can then lead on to physical ailments. Yeah. Um, but we... But when you sometimes voice something, again, like you just said, you hear it come out and you think, no, that, that's just silly. I, I don't need to worry about that. And you let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in having those conversations with people that you're able to get stuff out. Mm-hmm. And even just the actual getting stuff out of your head yeah. into a conversation or, you know, with anybody who doesn't judge you, who's mm-hmm. going to go to you. I've been there myself. I know exactly how you feel. And you're like, thank God for that. I'm not going crazy or I'm not being oversensitive or I'm not blah, blah, blah. And you just feel nurtured. Um, And even if you can't love yourself, knowing that someone understands you um, or struggling to love yourself fully, knowing that someone understands you makes you automatically feel that little bit of love. And you're like, oh God. I remember when I absolutely shit myself when I got my first um, coach and I put it off, as we all do. Um, and as much as I was nervous, the weight just lifted off my shoulders because I thought, oh, I haven't got to do this on my own anymore. Mm-hmm. I've got someone that has got my back. Yeah. And no matter what, they will support me. Mm-hmm. I might not like the support at the time if they're giving me a bit of a heat on <laughs> the backside, but it's for the greater good of me and it just felt amazing knowing that regardless of what was going on I had that time and that person that was in my life for me absolutely you know and just as you said it's having that person who is for you in that period of time I mean you can have amazing friends and amazing family members but to have someone who is trained to have your back who's trained to push you, who's trained to kick your ass when you need it, but also trained to nurture you and encourage you in a loving way as well. Mm. No, it's it's irreplaceable for me and we all need that. And you mentioned something about having a person who can actually nurture you and show you that love when you are struggling to love yourself sometimes. Mm. I like to call it, you know, I'll, I'll borrow some of your love today. Oh, I like that. No, you can borrow other people's loves. And I feel that having a coach will enable you to do that because it's not every day that you're going to feel amazing. We're human beings. You're going to have shit days. Mm. You're going to have days which, you know, where you feel like crying, you feel like not going on anymore. You know, I've had days where I just want to just throw my whole business in the bin. Mm. And having coaches who can actually meet me where I am, but then help me to elevate back to where I know I could be it's irreplaceable and invaluable as well. Mm. I would never, like I've always had a coach for the past few years and I would never be without one now. No, me too, me too. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the most successful people have coaches. They do. Uh, and this is the thing. Um, I, I know that you're a very sporty person. I'm a very sporty person. And I've always said what I'm about to say to you, but actually I was watching on uh, you, uh, Facebook yesterday good old Tony Robbins you know that small that person that no one knows that doesn't know. <laughs> he was saying exactly the same thing and I was like oh my god I've been saying this for years and um, maybe he has but it was the first time that I'd heard him say it and it's that 
if you look at any sports person, mm-hmm. right, what if they want to take it seriously or get better, what's the first thing they do? They get a coach. Okay. When they feel like they reach a certain level, they then get moved up a group to a different coach. I mean, I was an athlete. I've always had a coach, but I did hockey and netball and my dad was a PE teacher. You know, we've always had coaches. And it's almost like if you're in sports and don't have a coach, mm-hmm. you're never going to be successful. They'll be like, well, clearly you're not taking it seriously. Why is that any different to life or to business? If you want to improve your life, get a coach. Mm-hmm. If you want to improve business, get a coach. If you want to improve your sport, get a coach. There is no difference apart from how we think about it in our head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's a bit weak if I get a coach or whatever, or I don't need a coach. Um, but do you go to, do you play any sport? Well, yeah, I do. Have you got a coach there? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's that. I'm so passionate about it. And the fact that if, if professional sports people are showing the power of a coach and what they can achieve by having a coach, do you not think? that that would work in your life or in your business. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I feel that it's more socially acceptable for people to have a coach in sport. Yeah. But it's like, well, if you have a coach in sport, a lot of the work they're going to be doing with you is all going to be about mindset anyway. Yes, there's going to be some technique and, you know, strength training and all of that, but it's also going to be about mindset. It's going to be about the way that you think. Yeah. And if we can do that for sports people, then why can't we do that for business? Why can't we do that for life? Why can't we do that for, for anything? Exactly. No. Exactly. I feel that if you want to win in business and you want to win at life, you want to become the best version of you can in, that you can in both, then a coach is absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Also, yeah. And also, you know, again, going back to the sports stuff, because I think you can learn so much from sports people. And I know it's because I'm sporty or whatever. But mm-hmm. again, they don't, run 100 meters once and think they're going to win the olympics like they train every day Mm. and different parts of physical mental you know even Mm. their rest days are part of their training allowing their body to recover to then start but they don't just do something once and get it done they build on it they build on it and they and it's consistently done every single day why is life any different why do you think i've tried that once it didn't work it's a load of crap. No, you just got to keep trying it, tweaking it. You know, you might have got your wrong foot on your, your start or whatever. You might be leaning into your hurdles a bit too wrong. What well, you know, do you know, they're making tweaks all the time. They're adjusting it, minute little adjustments to make them the best. That's all mindset work is minute little adjustments that you need to make on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same, but we just don't associate it. And I think if you can start, if you're a lover of sport of any kind, look at what they do and bring it into your life. It's so true. I mean, my one of my mentors, he is a sports fanatic. Oh. And so he uses a lot of sports analogies and metaphors when we're working together. And he gave me one, and I'm sure it was Colby Bryant. He was talking about mm. basketballers. And he was saying that he normally shoots with his right hand, but then he broke his hand. We broke his arm, so he had to learn to do it with his left. Mm. And rather than just stopping training and saying, well, I'll wait till, until my arm gets better, he then became amazing at shooting with both hands because he learned to do it with his left instead. You know, and that's the exact same with us, that mm. mindset work can't just be done once. 
No. You've got to be continuous. And I tell the ladies that I work with, you know, it's just like getting a shower on a Monday morning and then smelling yourself by the Saturday and thinking that you're going to smell the same as what you did on Monday. You won't. No. You will shower every single day to smell that way. So it's the exactly the same thing with your mindset. If you work on your mindset on a Monday, then you need to do it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. It doesn't need to be a long process. Oh. It could be something really small. It could be a two minute visualization, you know, something which allows you to program your mind. Mm. And you mentioned this earlier, Emma, that our minds can't tell whether something's real or not until you tell it that it's not real. Yeah. No, they can't, it can't tell. So if you're visualizing, and you're using all of your senses and you're embodying everything in that visualization, your brain doesn't know whether it's real or not. Mm. Now, you know, as much as I do, that the science behind that is that you will then start to notice everything aligned with that visualization. Yeah. The more you do it, it's the more real it can become for you, you know? And for me, that's our version of going to the gym. That's our version of shooting with your right hand or your left hand, you know? It's exactly the same thing. Totally, totally. And it all starts with the mind. It all starts with the mind. Um, even with, with sports people, I know I'm digressing a little bit, but I, it's a really valuable point. Like I interviewed um, a Paralympic swimmer um, mm -hmm. in season one for this podcast. And um, she, all of her training was leading to the 2012 Olympics, Paralympics. But she went, I think it was Beijing that was 28. 2008 and she went there as a bit of um a warm-up or you know a um what's the word an introduction into the olympics there's a bit of a practice run yeah and um she she went in a heat and she won a heat and she, no one knew of her at that point she won a heat and all of a sudden everyone was all over her or like who's this girl like where's she come from and high hopes and she went into the final being the second fastest Mm -hmm. she had like Sharon Davies interviewing her and and everyone around the world just and she had eight hours from the heat to the final and nothing changed on a physical level but on mm -hmm. the mental suddenly it the pressure the mental pressure of the fact that she'd gone as an outsider going for for a you know just a practice run ready for the 2012 to suddenly having this pressure of mm -hmm. potentially winning a medal in the mm -hmm. Olympic Paralympics she ended up coming fifth which had anyone said to her previously she would have been over the moon but she was made to feel disappointed because she talked herself out of it because of the pressure and the first thing that she did when she got home was hire a, a mindset coach because she said physically i'm there if you look at like usain bolt um and all you know the 100 meter runners or mo farrah and and all the long distance runners physically Mm -hmm. they're pretty much all there their physical fitness is pretty much the same the mm -hmm. difference is their mental fitness absolutely and having that ability to visualize to to not buckle under pressure to to do the things that they need to do and mm -hmm. she worked on on that and she went on to them with the world champs unfortunately got injured and had to retire before the 2012 olympics but she it was such a learning curve for her because she was like I need to work on my mental state. Yeah. Andy Murray got criticised for having too big a entourage because he knew he had a, a temperament that wasn't particularly great and was getting criticised for his erratic behaviour. He hired a mindset coach. He then went on and went uh, won Wimbledon twice. Amazing. It just shows that our minds are just as powerful as the doing parts of life. Absolutely. More powerful. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. No, we could take so many lessons from them and apply it to who we are, apply it to our businesses, everything. You know, strategy in business is hugely important. But if you don't believe you can follow through on that strategy, so you procrastinate, you self-sabotage, the strategy is actually going to be made redundant. You know, mindset is what will help you to implement that strategy to the level that you know it could be. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I'll get off my high horse now. (laughs) (laughs) Preachiness of the the sport. (laughs) But they're valid points. And I think, you know, they are. And, you know, sometimes, again, with the story, like we're talking um, stories, you know, your experience and everything. But Mm. I think, you know, sport is something everybody knows, isn't it? And if you can suddenly understand something through that analogy, it then makes more sense. And all of this is about helping you to make sense of what's going on in your world right now mm-hmm. and knowing how to use it and if that works for you or you know everything that we've discussed works then we're doing it that's what it's all about that's what we're doing our jobs for um so it's just cherry picking and seeing right that feels good that works for me i love what keila said about the the visualization you know i think mm-hmm. we can all relate as well to the, the mask yeah i remember I always thought if I look good on the outside, no one will know that I'm crumbling in an absolute mess on the inside. So I always, I spent a fortune on clothes, always made sure I had my makeup on, et cetera, Mm -hmm. because I thought, Christ, if you could just see what's going on inside, it's not (laughs) (laughs) But we all do it, don't we? Do, we do. You know, we all wear a mask anyway. Like you have professional masks on, you will have, I don't know, happy mask when maybe you don't feel so happy on the inside. But I feel that it's just detrimental when you're living under that mask 24 hours a day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we do, we all do it. And as you said, you know, looking good, smelling great, your hair is amazing, nails, makeup, everything. And doing that as a way to hide what's going on, on the inside, a lot of people do. Mm. You know, wearing that mask that no one will ask you if you're okay because you look amazing, so you must be okay. Yeah. And I've had that as well. You know, people ask me, are you okay? And before I answered, are oh, you always okay? You always look amazing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, actually, on the inside, I'm not crumbling. But yeah. so many people do go through the same thing. Mm. Mm. Definitely, mm. definitely. It's been amazing chatting to you. Um, I love I love your story. I love um, the journey that you've come, like, come on through I love the fact that your school teacher was a huge part because you know we go through school school gets a lot of criticism there's a lot of negative to it but there's always someone that's got a teacher that's always done something profound in their life and the fact that he did that it was almost like his parting gift his last little thing he needed to do before he retired Mm -hmm. Um, but you know that's the thing it just takes one comment or something that can help you to change your life um, and you might have heard that one comment today um, to make you then reevaluate something. Um, so I've loved your honesty with it all. I love what you do. Um, Thank you. Thank it's you. Awesome. I would say that because I'm a mindset coach too, but I love, <laughs> I love the direction in which that you take it and, um, and everything that you stand for. And it's been really, really great to chat to you and to get inside of your life and your world for an hour. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Emma. And, you know, the feelings are mutual. As a fellow mindset coach, doing all of the work around self-doubt, it's invaluable. So thank you so much for creating this space as well. 
Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for um, tuning in and listening. And I will look forward to seeing you all next week. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.